You ready to start? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, they call me the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. Hit on the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster. I was born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a muscle green to show the hell that I can meet him the meat man. Thank you for watching the best barbecue show. I'm in Seguin, Texas with one of the probably most famous members of the brisket cartel, a man who patiently took his time to open a monumental restaurant in the world of barbecue, Ernest Cervantes. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, bro? I'm great, bro. It's so cool to be here. Yeah, I'm kind of pumped when you called me and you're like, or messaged me, and I was like, you want to come to my little, my little restaurant? Hell yeah. So yeah, man, I'm pretty pumped. I'm excited. And yeah, it's taking forever, but you know, if you're the leader of the cartel, the capo, you, you got to plan your stuff. So we finally opened up and, and we're here, you know, snapping necks and cashing checks. So Hell yeah. And I mean, you've got an amazing space. Do you know what this used to be? Or Yeah, it used to be an old bakery. Nice. As you can tell by the walls, it burned down. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you can see the black. Actually, you can see it more on this side, the soot and everything. Wow. So, so did yeah. you have to build it out? or No, it was pretty much just a, it was a shell. And uh, we just put it in our twist. It was a really cool building. Um, uh, it was a it was a bar before, and it kind of had that that bar feeling. But you know, we took out what we needed, and we put what we wanted, and we wanted to make that really cool. Like, man, this is a really cool place, man. Hell yeah! So we we kind of we got another you know really cool stuff in the works. We're doing it by phases, I guess, because of COVID. As you can blame everything on COVID, but realistically, uh, you know, we're. We're just my partner and I, and that's it. You know, we're small, small business. So we make money, we put it in. We make money, we put it in. So we got, we're down to phase two and we're going to make some really cool stuff, put some more murals and, and some more seating in here. And uh, it's going to be a badass place once we're really getting going. Oh, I mean, it's already a badass place. We've got these cute, the cool murals already up. Yeah. It gives me, have you been to uh, Buxton Hall? No. It gives me some Buxton Hall vibes with the wood floor and the brick wall. They have uh, some badass old, um, it's like it used to be like a roller rink or something. So they have like right. all these really old paintings on the wall, like yeah. people doing Olympics and riding horses and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's the cool thing about this building is is that it wasn't made to look old. It is old. Yeah. And the, the floors are old. You know what I mean? And it, so it kind of has that cool vibe. So when you come in here, you know, it's like, man, this is a really cool place. And, it you know, it helps with the barbecue. You know, we, we didn't if you know anything about me, I didn't want to have like the same thing everybody else had i always have to stick out you know i, I do my own style and and uh this is this screams burnt bean hell yeah i just need some mexican wrestlers up in here <laughs> so i might put some luchadores yeah some luchadores over here i need to put some some up here soon but yeah it's got a cool vibe well you know what comes out of the kitchen is just as important as what's right. on the walls right right yeah <laughs> yeah and you got a badass smokehouse yeah man we, we call it our um you know, our battle smokehouse, you know, it kind of went with the whole theme. You know, it's got that rustic look. It's that industrial barn house, if you want to say. Uh, you know, we're covering it up. We're going to put some cool TVs in there slowly, that too. We're going to put some sliding doors and have our epic sticker wall. And, uh, but yeah, we, you know, we, we run with mill skills and syntax and, and uh, you know, it's cool too. It's part of the, the scenery. And did you, did you put the smokers in and then build the smokehouse yeah. around it? Yeah. Yeah, because they're in there now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> and what sucked is is that, I don't know if you saw, it's kind of it's kind of stupid, but it's got, you know, it's got a, 
a, uh, a ceiling and then it's got another ceiling. Well, we didn't know that when we got it inspected, the guy's like, no, you got to put them up to the next ceiling. So we're like, shit. So we had to go back to the drawing board and redo it, everything. So, you know, dealing with the city is another, another obstacle in itself. But um, it looks cool. It's just kind of silly to have a, a smokehouse on top of a smokehouse. Well, it's a... Uh I mean, I'm used to seeing, especially in, in towns like this, like probably half the, the city council and all the people probably come here and eat anyway. Yeah, you know? they were here yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, so, you know, the fire marshal is here. kind of makes it cool. You know, so, you know, we, we get the support of the city and, and uh, you know, Thursdays and Fridays, all locals. And then Saturday and Sunday are all visitors. So, um, you know, it's cool. Yeah, man. Well, and you got a badass crew. As soon as they saw me, they let me in, and they were all like, "Good morning." Yeah. And I go out back, and Bill Dumas and Harry Sue are hanging out. Like, yeah. this is a vibe, dude. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I showed up. I was like, I got, I got Yanni here, and then then Harry Sue showed up. He texted me like two days ago. He's like, "Hey, is it cool if I go over there?" I'm like, "Yeah, come over." But I already got you know, I had you coming, so yeah. he's like, "No, I'll just hang out." I'm like, "All right, do whatever you want." So, um, yeah, and you know, I have the ladies here and, and my baker, and they're pretty mellow yellow, and. Um, we just vibe all day. Hell yeah. Well, and so what are the highlights? I mean, how long how long have you actually been open now? We've been open since uh, October. So, um, and the only reason October we could have opened sooner, but the whole COVID, man. That yeah. was at the time where they actually, the governor said, hey, we can open 75%. I said, if we do 50, it's going to be stupid. Yeah. And uh, our, our grand opening was going to be in January. We're going to have, you know, a dog and pony show and flamethrowers and elephants and... <laughs> You know, petting, uh, petting Cobra Zoo and all cool stuff, man. But, um, you know, all that, didn't, it didn't hash out. So we were more of a, okay, we're we're hemorrhaging money. We need to uh, bring some money in. So we said, screw it, let's open in October. We were only open on the weekends. And then slowly but surely we just started opening more and more. And now, you know, we're open at regular hours. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much it, man. Uh, and it's we've been blessed. Uh, the, the community's really pulled together. They, I think they wanted a cool barbecue joint. There's a lot of great barbecue joints here, but this had something different. So, um, you know, we opened it up, and we've been running ever since. That brisket hits different and burnt beans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that was my main thing. You know, I, you know, there's so many great barbecue joints in Texas and, you know, so many great members in the cartel that, that, that make a phenomenal brisket. So we really had to work hard on ours to make sure we stood out, too. And... Um, you know, we've done that. You know, don't get me wrong. Ribs and turkey and sausage and everything else is cool, but I think brisket's king. If you're in Texas, you got to know how to make a brisket. You know, you can make the best ribs or whatever, but yeah, your brisket's got to be legit. Yeah, and and brisket is kind of the lost leader. You know, everyone mm -hmm. cooks it. Not everyone makes a lot of money off of it. No, we but, don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm sure you're noticing it, like everyone else. You know, we we've been having some trouble with beef prices, so. Everyone out there, go eat your barbecue because even if the price is going up, you got to support the local, right? Exactly. Yeah, we've we've got you know some more of a sticker shock, and you know and that's the, that's the one problem of being from a small town is that you know you can't charge what you would in big cities because they flip out. They don't care. They don't understand that beef prices have gone up so right. much. They're like, I can go buy this down the road, you know, but it's not one of those. So you kind of eat the cost and try to make it up other places. But um, yeah, I'm just waiting for. Risky to go back down. We're just holding on till this storm goes over. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to explain to people that you're not using the same brisket as right. You know, it's not necessarily the exact same right. thing. We're not using the Walmart briskets. And yeah. You need to have like a USDA chart when people walk in. Right. 
here's what we're using. <laughs> Having comparison, you know, you'll have like a, you know, an old slug bug. This is what they use and this is what we use <laughs> and that's why. Bug. You know, so uh, see yeah. how there's this is all red and there's no white. Right. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. And that's why they're like, you know, God, your brisket's so good. It's so different and it's juicy. And I'm like, well, it's because we use a little bit better meat. You know, we use prime. Uh, but, you know, we're at, you know, the, the same thing with, I guess, you know, you can ask anybody else that's open in a small town. You have to educate the locals. Yeah. You know, we we know it because, of course, you know, we're used to eating Austin and, and Houston and Dallas and. All, you know, San Antonio with Issa Wool down there and, and, and great phenomenal briskets. And we know what we're getting here. It's like they've never heard of those places. You know, uh, someone made the comment, y'all always have lines. And some guys like, yeah, just like Franklin's. And they were like, what's Franklin's? And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Hell but yeah. You know, they're, they're, those guys are just small town. And so we're educating them, you know, uh, and, and it's working slowly but surely. I mean, do you feel like. I mean, Seguin, it's not a, it, I mean, it's a small town, but it's not like tiny. It's no, it's like 30,000, you know? Yeah. yeah, but I think it's, 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 um, it's one of these towns that it's a sleepy town that a lot of people, if they want to go out, eat somewhere nice, they go to San Antonio or Austin. We're right in the middle. Right. So, you know, it's 45 minutes that way or 45 minutes the other way. But, you know, to bring that kind of caliber here, they're not used to that. So, um, you know. That's what we've been trying to focus on, and and uh, and to be for them to be proud of something. But uh, yeah, it's a sleepy town. But I tell you one thing: uh, they said the other day that they have over, I think, five thousand new homes being built. Wow! So I guess because New Braunfels is full now, and it's slowly creeping up, just like Austin's coming this way. So is San Antonio. So it's going to get you know more trendier. Yeah, it, it, that, that sleepy town's going to go away. I guarantee you. That. Oh, and there's definitely money here. Oh, I yeah. mean, I've I've come down here to buy motorcycles. I helped a friend uh mm-hmm. I gave a friend a ride down here to buy a classic car. Like there's some yeah, some rich ass dudes here with some nice toys. Oh yeah. There is and you know a lot of people, you know, cuz they have the, the lakes here, Lake McQueenie and Lake Placid. A lot of people from Austin, San Antonio and and Houston, these are their weekend homes. So um, you know, they have the money's here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're uh I mean, obviously, I've seen you post enough pictures of lines out the door and yeah. everything that, you know, yeah. luckily business is booming, right? Yeah. B- business is good. And, uh, you know, we just thank our lucky stars. We get a lot of support from everybody. And, and I guess a lot of uh, the first 30 days, I think in October when we we're really busy, I think it was more curiosity, just like any other, you know, new restaurant. But, you know, we thought, okay, the, you know, in, in 60, 30, 60 days, you know, the honeymoon period be over and we still got lines. I think they're even longer now. And then, um, you know, we've been getting write-ups in San Antonio, and then we just got a really cool write-up in Texas Monthly. Hell yeah. And um, I, and I believe then, it was get in your car and drive to Burnt Bean yeah. right now. Yeah, something that was like pretty that. cool, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, DV uh, really, you know, said some great things about our barbecue. And, and I, you know, it's kind of cool because it's... I guess he knows what he's <clears> talking about, right? Yeah, he kind of knows this thing, but it's kind of cool. Everybody wants a write-up from him. Yeah. And oh, I'll, yeah. And I'll always remember, I saw him, and I, I didn't see him in line. I was actually outside in the pits and and um my wife comes up and says daniel vaughn's in line and i was like shut the fuck up sorry but i don't know if you can, <laughs> you can swear like, it's like are you fucking serious she goes yes i'm like how do you know she goes it's daniel vaughn trust me <laughs> and i walk in i'm like holy shit so um and how long had you been open at that point uh because he about, takes about a while three to... months three or four months yeah so this was like three months ago yeah yeah well it actually happened a month ago well, he wrote so, it up a month ago, right? Right. So, but he yeah. Oh, yeah. Like about him. Yeah. It takes about three or four months yeah. before that. Yeah. So we were like, holy crap. And then, you know, he ate and, and he was happy. You know, he's he, he's really nice. And, yeah. you know, what you want from him is feedback. You you want honest feedback because, you know, it's only going to make you stronger. 
and you know he you know talked to us and he's like he was very impressed and then he's like coming back for lunch and i'm like okay crap so <laughs> i was like he's coming back but we don't know and sure enough he was here right when he said and um he ate lunch and hung out in the back a little bit and you know I, the, the problem is is you know even though you know a lot of guys can relate to me we really don't have the time to socialize with any of our friends that they show up unless they come at towards the end of the day you know we're you know i'm cutting so i can't really sit down and hang out with you while everybody else you know so i feel bad when they come and visit you know i really didn't get to talk to daniel uh, my, my partner did because he was working the pits but um yeah man it was really cool to see him here well and i'm sure you've had even more you know from day one friends yeah. other barbecue <clears throat> enthusiasts tons of support i've had you know it's kind of cool to see even when we opened you know I, I remember i think one of the the first people that was here is like Cade, Cade mercer hell yeah you know and the reason why is i didn't even know he's from here so he was like dude you're gonna open a place and then the first thing out of Cade's mouth was why Seguin? I was like, I was like, why not? And he goes, dude, that's some ballsy shit. I'm like, I said, hey, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it big. And he's like, uh, you know, and he, you know, we talked a little bit, and uh, you know, after Kate, it was like, a, you know, a couple of guys. Um, Interstellar was here, you know. Uh, uh, Roy and Lewis was here. Chud's been here. Um, you name it, they've all been here. So you know, for support, and I think a lot of curiosity as well, but. Um, when you see a lot of re- repetition from the cooks coming back, you know, Isa Wool comes here a lot. He gives a lot oh, of support. Yeah. All, actually, his whole team. Um, love that dude to death. Um, you know, so we got a lot of really cool guys. Um, you know, we got um, Deshaun. Then we all, Brotherton's always here. Bill Dumas, hell, Harry Sue's outside right now. Big yeah. Mo. Um, you know, they all come out here. They want to support and, you know, try your food. You know, everybody's curious about it. And, you know, um, Patrick, um, uh, from figs uh, was here um so that was cool too and, and jq's that so um, we have the bdr king here too so we've had a lot of guys <laughs> the here. ogs man yeah lerma you know all the the who's who well and do you you like seeing like big mo just got an offset uh yeah Meat church just got a mill scale yeah you know it's like is it cool to see kind of as much as these guys do competition or whatever they're all kind of trending towards that texas style yeah you know and i always say this it's always in it's always in phases and waves you know you know you start off with you know offsets and then it goes to you know the uprights and then it goes to water cookers and then it goes to you know pellet cookers so it's just a, a rotation of everything so um you know it's one of those things that i think everybody goes back to what, what true barbecue is which is an offset you know and uh you know it's one of those that you know when you see um people like Millskill and then syntax syntax uh you know michael's doing a really good job out there on his pits um that dude's next level i'm excited to see what he's going to do next well and it's cool because in what three years four years like a whole new market of pits yeah. and styles and yeah people have just descended upon austin yeah and it's cool because then you have you know you have the guys like the Chud Box, and you have all those other guys, too, that are doing really phenomenal pits. But it's kind of like same thing with barbecue. You know, we all got our own style, but we're all producing, you know, same type of thing. Same thing with the pits. They're all kind of the same style, but everybody's doing something unique to them that it sets them different. Well, and the, the beautiful thing is that we're, from the outside, it right. may look similar. Right. But... From the inside, we know your style is so different from even just Esaul, right? Right, which is different from so many places in Austin, yeah. which is different from. And it's cool because, I mean, everyone's been waiting for you because you've been a part of the scene for 
ever. I mean, I've seen you at, before I even met you, I saw you at competitions, just right. like with your whole crew, lighting it up, just like always bringing the vibe. And, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so many famous photos of you just like sweating in the Texas sun with smoke billowing behind you, right. you know? Yeah. You know, it was one of those things. It wasn't, it wasn't if, it was when. Yeah. And I just remember I was like, I was literally sitting at a cook-off and I was like, man, this shit sucks. And uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it gets to the point where, you know, you've gone to so many cook-offs and you've won everything. You know, with me, I've always been one of those guys that if I ever do any hobbies, which I didn't have that many, I only had two, which is bowling and barbecue. And I, I give it 110% until I conquer it. And it got to the point where I did everything I wanted to set out and won. And then I started changing pits. Like, can I win with an upright? Can I win with a pellet cooker? Nice. You know, things like that. Like, people are like, you're never going to win with a pellet cooker. And then you run the whole year and you're, you know, one of the top three in Texas with a pellet cooker. Just to prove a point. And then I got to the point where I'm like, I'm bored. And I told I told my wife and I told my friends, I think it's time. And they're like, time for what? I'm like, I'm going to open up my joint. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. So I started doing pop-ups and, and just honing my skills. And it was one of those things like I everybody knew, you know, it, was, it wasn't if, it was when. And, you know, when I when I did come out, I wasn't going to just pity pal. I was going to go for the jugular. You know, I was going to come out here and, and kill it. And, that's, yeah. you know, that's what my, my goal was. <clears throat> well, and don't you think that that's, that's helped you 100% because you came in here, you picked a sick building, you got mm-hmm. a great pit room, you got a great mm-hmm. community supporting you, and you just, like, blew it up from day one. Right. You know... Everybody thinks it's not one of these things like, oh, let's see what happens. Let me open a bar. No, everything was methodically planned. You know, this building was in the works a year, eh, a year and a half before we even opened it. I already had an iron building. I already had a vision. I had everything I wanted. So I just was quiet. I never let anybody know what I was doing. I didn't, you know, uh, to the point where let's just put it this way. When I was opening my restaurant, a couple of really close friends were calling bullshit. They're like, there's no way. He never told me about it. I never told anybody. Yeah. I kept it quiet. I wanted to make sure because I knew with my reputation and, and well as my name that it had to be good right off the bat because I didn't want to be like, well, it was okay. Or, well, it's just because his name. I didn't want to be that guy because that's, the, you know, the curse, you know, like people like Tuffy or Mo, if they ever open a place or Myron, you know, Myron's a prime example. You know, he's got a couple of restaurants just open and shut every time. It's, I didn't want that. Everything here, I, I, I'm part of it. You know, I'm hell, I'm cooking it or, you know, I'm doing something. I'm not just putting my name on it and just saying it's in mine. So, you know, me coming out, I was very quiet on everything I did. Even Lerma was like questioning, even, you know, Eli, those are my closest friends. And they're yeah. like, is he really fucking opening a restaurant? You know <laughs> what I mean? And they're like, yeah. And they didn't believe me to the point where they showed up here to see if I, was, if I wasn't lying. They're like, holy shit, you're telling the truth. But, you know, it was one of those things that I, I kept everything quiet because I wanted to make sure everything was methodically planned to the T and executed correctly. It wasn't, I wasn't going off the cuff or winging it because uh, this is a doggy dog world. Yeah. And I guarantee you the brisket, I mean, not the brisket, but the competition in the restaurant industry is a lot more fierce than four years ago. You got a lot of talented guys out there throwing barbecue from food trailers to brick and mortars to hell, even behind their backyard or undergrounds. And so if you want to run with them, you got to be perfectly perfect every fucking day, dude. And that was my whole deal was that you have to stay focused because there's other sharks or there's other pit bulls that will eat you up. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, and, and my, my plan wasn't just to be here the best in, in, in Seguin, but in all of Texas, I want to be one of the best ones. And, uh, you know, there's so many great ones. I want to just be part of that group. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I always say that there isn't, 
a great, like the best, best of barbecue. I always say, you know, people say, what's your favorite barbecue joint? I always give them the top five or the top 10 because after that, it's all split in hairs. It's all preference after that. But, you know, there's, I have my five that are like, they're solid. But, you know, I want, I want to be part of that. And, you know, just as much as I stayed focused in competition and it became, you know, one of the best, this is the same thing I want to do here. Well, famously, uh, Joe Rogan has been now repeating totally unplanned. Like, I don't know if he's talked to actual barbecue people, but he has been expressing the same thing that once you get to a certain point, he called it holy shit barbecue. Once you get to a certain point, it's like, Mm -hmm. why even like, it's just so good. Right. Why even fight? I mean, I'm sure your top five is different from my top five Mm -hmm. from everyone's and you, you know, like give me a little sample, like what you like and why. Um, I, I judge the whole experience. Yeah. I've always been a whole experience, guys. I've I've met a lot of guys and you know snobs and 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 barbecue, you know whatever you want to call them. And they're always like, oh, it's got to be brisket. I'm like, no, man. There's so much talent that you can't just focus on brisket. It's a whole experience. Yeah, it's it's from the 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 brisket, the ribs. Do they make homemade sausage? Are their sides homemade? You know, do they focus on their sides just as much as that? Do they go through the extra step of their desserts? It's not frozen you know those are the things back in the day barbecue joints didn't focus on that they they bought that pre-made Sara Lee cobbler and right, call yeah. it a day and you know <laughs> throw some you know whatever and you know sausage was made by Cuba and there's nothing wrong with that but to be a BMF in this world now it's the experience and that's where it is I want I want people to be like fuck that was that was special I want people to go with I don't want them to say well the brisket was good and everything else is okay or well the sides suck but you know the ribs are good Nowadays, to be the best in Texas, like how you said, the holy shit moment is an experience. Like, man, dude, you have to get everything. I want people to say that. Like, what's good there? Everything. Get it. Don't try to, you know, this. No, get every fucking thing. And that's what makes my top five. It's an experience. And I'll always remember my, and I'll tell you straight up, I'll tell you right now, my first holy shit experience like that, and I've been to a lot of places was at the time um iso wool at two m and still today i think it's some of the probably the top three briskets i've ever had in my life Hell yeah you know that motherfucker knows what he's doing <laughs> but lerma i always remember lerma's like dude getting he goes meet me in my house he goes i'm gonna take you to this place this dude's fucking killing it i'm like where's he say he's in brenham i'm like okay he talked to me about this guy his name was you know leonard or called him something else um and uh, he said, we're going to this place called Truth. And I was like, all right, cool, let's go. And it was me, actually, it was me, Sierra, and uh, Lerma. Hell yeah. And uh, we went, and he, Lerma's like, you know, everything. So I tried it. And there was a line. It wasn't like the lines now, but he had a line. And um, he'd just been open for a year, I think, or something like that. I forgot. Anyways, he gave me a burn-in. And I was like, holy fucking shit. What did I just eat? And he just smiled at me. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. And then Lerma's like, I told you. And I'm like, holy shit. And then, you know, I had the ribs. And it's like, wow. And then I had sausage. I was like, wow. And then he's like, dude, eat the sides. And I'm like, what the fuck am I eating? Like, I'm like, the collards were like amazing. You know, everything was on point. And then here comes his mom and her. Her epic cakes, and then she, I'll, I'll always remember she, Ms. Montello was like, Ernie, you know, or actually Lerma, I got something special for y'all. And she made fucking cherry fried pies, dude. Hand pies. And then with a scoop of bluebell fucking ice cream, dude. 
that's the experience, man. That's yeah. what I'm telling you about an experience. It's like you were so fucking blown out of the water. Because I've gone with Lerma a lot of places. And I'm really like, hey, that's good. Or, yeah, man, those ribs are killer. But not, like, I felt like someone just, someone just literally sucker punched me. I got knocked out. I woke up 10 minutes later and said, what, what the fuck happened? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that feeling, like what just happened? Like going hard. Like that's all I thought about for two weeks. That's all I thought about for two weeks. Like I got to go back. But that was my first experience of what we were talking about. Holy shit. Barbecue. Like it was running in all cylinders. That was like some epic shit, man. And, uh, you know, nowadays I think he's, he's led the standard to everything else, but you know, that's my homie over there. And, and, and same thing with Lisa. Oh, that was some good stuff. And I've had a lot of great places, but that, that was, that was, I would say that's the one that popped my cherry. You know, like, wow, this is next level, you know? Well, and what are the things, when you create that experience for other people, what are the things that you focus on? Like, when you're cutting, I mean, I'm sure you're still paying attention to mm -hmm. everyone is in line, ask them where they're from, those kinds of things, but do you feel like there's, like, what are the cheat codes to really creating a great experience? Um, you have to read your, your customers. You have to read them. It's 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 one of those things. You're not just as a cutter. I think the cutter is the most, and it is. And you can ask anybody. It's the most influential person of that place. I feel like I'm the sushi guy. You know, I don't do that. What's their name? Is the sushi guy got a name? Is there a proper sushi name? chef? Sushi chef. He's there as a dog and pony show. You know, it's not necessarily the way he makes it. It's the way he performs and he, he gets that rice and he plays it out there. And you're mesmerized. It's the same thing when you're plating barbecue. You know, if you see him, I, I love seeing him, and I'm plating it, and the guy's like. You know, my, my cashier's like, um, anything else, sir? And he's just like, what, 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 what? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, and he, he's just in awe because that's the way he should present it because not only is he paying, you know, money for it, but you got to make it look sexy. And you read your, you read your uh, customers. You have older ladies here, older gentlemen, they're not going to want the fatty. They're yeah. going to want the lean. You know, you got the, the, you know, the young guys or the guys I call them not, you know, the, the, the foodies as you call them or the ones that travel, bar, you know they're going to want the moist. So it depends on what you want, and you figure out what they want, and you and you can tell when they're taking pictures. You got to make it extra beautiful, because that's advertisement. But you, the whole time you're doing this, you're taking pride in everything you do. You, the way you feel every brisket, every brisket tells you a story. Every brisket I remember because I trimmed every fucking brisket. It's kind of like your kid. You're like, oh yeah, I remember you. Oh yeah, I remember. You. And then you remember where the the fat was, and you remember the parts that were going to be tight, and and all the stuff. And I, that's why I can read every brisket that I've done because I've trimmed them all. And the way they felt in the pit and the way they felt when you pulled them out. So I know it's kind of kind of sounds silly, but I know exactly every brisket that's in there. And, and the next day it resets and I do it again because I got to remember how it felt and how to cut it. Because, you know, the grains run different, but the way it feels. So you different, do different things for different customers. You know, some parts you're like, eh, I'm going to cut this big chunk off because it's about as good as for chopped. You know, you know, some briskets, it's inevitable. But every you know, every brisket I know, every, I'm not necessarily the ribs, but yeah, every brisket I know and it's experience. And I want to start off by, I want them to be mesmerized to the point they're like, God, my mouth is watering, you know, and then they, they see the presentation of the food and, and, you know, I went above and beyond, got those really expensive uh, enamel trays. You know, I don't do those stainless steel ones. I got the enamels because I always love those. And, um, and we put it on there and, and it looks really pretty fucking cool, man. Well, and you know, it's it's been the story's been told before, but it truly is the cutter is as important as anyone else in the building. And mm -hmm. you're the face. You're the one who's going to make sure that that cook that took an entire day was mm -hmm. worth it because right. you're going to cut it right. Right. You know, our, our briskets take 14 to 16 hours. 
you know, we're, we, 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 and that's we just the, the cook. That's just the cook. You know what I mean? So I tell people it's the process of making the brisket and everything else. Is, it takes such a long time that we're not going to go and fuck it up. You know, I'm going to take just as much as, like yesterday I had a lady, we had a catering here for about a hundred people. She goes, you know, it was just simple. It was brisket, mac and cheese, and some bacon ranch taters. Simple line cutting. And the lady was so, she's like, I've never seen someone take so much pride and caress on a brisket like the way you cut it. She goes, I, you can tell you love the damn thing. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to love the fucking thing. It's been, you know, it took me 24 hours of the whole process. And she's like, I've never seen someone take so much pride. And, you know, if you go to Rudy's, no offense to Rudy's in those places, they're just cutting and going. It's like each one is my baby. And I, and I take pride in that. And the lady's like, I, she's like, I'm just in awe of how much, you know you know, pride you're taking. And I do, I really care. I truly care. And that's why it doesn't matter how successful I get. You know, if, if this is as big as we get, that's fine. I'm not going to create barbecue that I can't handle. Right. I'm not going to go, you know, you know, make, you know, a hundred briskets a day because I, yeah, I'm thinking about profit. Yeah, that's great and all. But at the end of the day, this is my dream that I've always wanted and I'm only going to do what I can handle. You know, and, and if it's, it, you know, last, last Sunday we did 52 briskets and I was like, fuck, you know, but, um, you know, that's as much as well, I, I, I can really handle this way too much. I was going to say, that being said, you're, you're, are you at capacity at this oh, point? Oh, yeah, we're, we're running full gills, you know, so, which is, you know, that, that was our projection in a year and a half from now. We got that within month five, Hell I think. Yeah. So, it's good. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like, uh, are you thinking about, expanding the smokers you're just going to kind of keep it at, at the limit <laughs> well that's the problem man that whole backyard uh we were had we were going to get some more smokers actually i talked to matt johnson from Millskill, and we were going to build the next ones in the city shut us down we didn't know there was a main sewage line underneath that we couldn't put concrete oh. over so we're like are you fucking serious because we had the whole lot so we're like yeah we'll build out there you know our plan was to have six total no, we can only put two, so we're gonna have to go vertical. So I might think of JNR or something. Really? Yeah, because we only got a small space now. So um, that was a really talk about give me a wet willy. I was, <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you can't do that. I'm like, because we submit our plans and we couldn't do it. Maybe you can build a second floor on that smokehouse. Yeah, that'd be sweet, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to go do the smokers upstairs. Yeah. Oh shit, I need a loft, man. I'm, you know, where I sleep, I sleep right there. Oh really? Yeah, that's where I sleep, man. That's my bed. Tonight I'll be there again. And tomorrow, the next day. You need like a hammock or something, bro. Right? That's why I said, I told Dave, I said, do you see that? We should put a loft up there and put some stairs and let's put it up there, man. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Well, that's uh, that's like uh, Grant Pinkerton style. Yeah. Just live above the smokehouse. Yeah, house. live up there, come downstairs, take a take a shower, step, you know, set up our mop, our mop sink, you know. But it's it's funny how you see the ones, that, the guys that have done it, like, you know, Grant and all them, he lived upstairs. I remember going to Esau Wool's. Um, place when he was open, and I used to see a, a freaking mattress on the on the on the floor, yeah. dude. And I was like, man, that's fucking commitment. And you know, uh, Leonard too. I saw him, you know, in his cot out there, and and I was like, oh, those all those boys were yeah, sleeping there on yeah. those cots. And I'm like, and then sure shit, I'm doing the same thing. And it's like, it's like you, there's guys that really care, and then there's guys that are, yeah, whatever. I'll go home and I'll you know send some dude. And it's it's cool that you see these stories about these guys doing it and. Um, and you see the, the, the progression and, and you're so proud of them. You know, I, I see these guys grow and, and, um, and I'm just so proud of to, to be not only as see them grow, but as their friends too. And, and to see 
the new generations. I call myself a new generation, even though I've been in the game for a long time. You know, like me and Cade, and a lot of new cats that are, you know, uh, you know, uh, that are, you know, trying to make it in the world. And and it's to see them grow. It's really cool to see, man. Well, and uh, what do you think about like Cade doesn't serve platters, Mm-mm. you know? So have you thought about other ways to to present your barbecue? You're going to keep it pretty old school here. Yeah, you know this is this is what I tell people. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, so you Tex-Mex, and if you see my menu, there's nothing Tex-Mex on there. You know, I don't want to be Tex-Mex. And same thing with that. I wanted to do traditional Texas barbecue. If you see, there's nothing crazy like pork belly or you know some crazy stuff on there. It's just the Trinity and turkey. It's that's all I want to do. I wanted to perfect the the classics. Yeah. And I that's I wasn't trying to go crazy or go left field. And there's a lot of talent that are there and I can do that, but I wanted to stick with the traditional stuff and um make my sides kind of wonky, but I've always wanted just to have just a barbecue joint, dude, like a really cool. And then on Sundays I can really let my hair down and go crazy. But um eventually I'll probably start doing specials, you know, with some stuff, but I didn't want to do that. Uh I like and that's why I respect Kate out there. Is that what he's doing is like, you know, F the world. I'm going to do what I want in my vision. Because he's talented. And he can do whatever he's a he monster. wants. Yeah. And he's doing his own style. And it's like, I like it. I remember, I think he opened, I don't know when he opened. But two days later, I was there. It was a Monday. It's like, dude, I'm there. And he's like, all right, come over. I literally, I shit you not, I bought like $160 worth of bar- barbecue or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, I bought the whole menu. I bought the cauliflower. I bought all that. And, I, and not only for support, but I knew his vision. He's got He's got a really cool vision. And that's why I was like, one day you and I got to play together. But um, it, you ha- you go to all these guys and they tell a story of like how they're trained and, and how they, their vision is. And it's really cool to see. And that's what I like about barbecue, too, is like there's so many big heavy hitters. But then, then you have the cats like, you know, the Blood Brothers, too. You know, those guys that are doing Love those you, guys. Do, they're doing their own spin on stuff. And they the, their, their talents are really cool. And then you got Miguel and Valentina's throwing that Tex-Mex twist. So you got all these cool cats doing their own version of, yes, we're doing traditional, but look, this is me. And this is me. So. Well, I'm to the point where, I mean, I don't have a problem with the term Tex-Mex, mm-hmm. but to me, Miguel is Texas barbecue. This mm-hmm. Saul is Texas bar. Like, that's Texas barbecue as much right. as anything else. The, text, the, the word Tex-Mex helps people understand that there's going to be right. different stuff. Right. But to me, that's... I almost want to call it Texas barbecue because I, I, I don't want people to try to diminish it just because it's different, you know? Yeah, and, and here's the difference, too, is that they, they have to label it Tex-Mex, but in my, and, and this is me, what Miguel and Isabel are doing is called Tejano barbecue. Hell and yeah. the, the reason why I'm calling it Tejano barbecue is because they're doing shit they were raised with. They're not, for, they're not doing stuff that they got from Mexico. They're doing the shit that their grandmas would make and their dads would make on a Friday and Saturday afternoon, drinking beer and making fajitas and stuff like that. If you hear their stories, that's what they're doing. They're doing the Hano barbecue. And when I say the Hano, at the end of the day, we're not Tex Mex, we're the Hanos. We we're born and raised in Texas. You know, we might have Mexican descendants and stuff, but my family was here since day one. Um, so we're doing the Hano. And, and that's what it is is comfort food. You know, we're not doing, you know, just like soul food. You know, it's the Hano food, it's soul food, man. Well, and I'm, my camp is like, let's forget the borders mm-hmm. and let's just eat. Because it's it's just too good to mm-hmm. try to. It's like I know people want lists. I know people want more definition. But at the same time, like half the adventure is just walking in and being like, "I've never been here. Right. Let me just try a bunch of stuff." Like you said, like you didn't even think about it. You just went to Cade, bought the menu, right? Just like you, you go uh, Evan, yeah. Okay? 
dude, he's doing his own style, his Hell own yeah. twist, and it's good. You know, he's doing his own thing. He doesn't have to do traditional, but he's doing his own thing, and and that's that's the cool thing is there's there's so many cats out there that are doing their own thing. Like it, t- I like I told people, okay, they're like, I'm in Austin. Where should I go? And I'm like, all right, you gotta go to Evans. You know, you want to go to you know get some tacos over here at, at Valentina's, and then you can go to the traditional barbecues. You know, you can go to Jane L or whatever. But um, you know, those are the things that you get. There's so much variety that you don't have to be the like, you know, some people are like, I'm going to Lockhart, I'm going to go try Crides, I'm going to go try Blacks, I'm going to go try Smitty's. I'm like, the same thing, same thing, same thing. When I send people, I'm like, all right, you got to try this here, you got to try yeah. that. And you're like, oh, it's all barbecue, but it's all different. And then they have that new guy. Um, what is it called? Uh, I forgot his name. It's the African barbecue. Oh, Distant Relatives. Distant Relatives, yeah. So he's throwing his spin on that. So I can't wait till he gets better and then I can go try it out when, you know. So, you know, you got all these cool cats that are doing their spin on barbecue, but their own vision and, or their own culture. And it's really cool, man. Well, and I think that that's, that's really like the secret to barbecue is that it's a community. And mm-hmm. if you want to, the work is what, it, it, that's your ticket. Yeah. You know, like, like if you want to be a Harley guy, you just buy a Harley. Right. If you want to be a barbecue guy, it's a little more work. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm a guy who owns a Harley, so I know. Right on. <laughs> uh, but it's like. You have to do the work and people know that's why it's so funny because everyone's got this story where some competition guy comes into their pit room and it's like talking like they know how to run a thousand mm-hmm. gallon smoker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we, you know, I got yeah. a belt running off my Traeger or whatever. But it's like when you when you see a group of people that have really cooked mm-hmm. to talk and interact it's like you all have this like it's not like a war, but, you know, it's like you're veterans of something important. Yeah, it's camaraderie, man. And, and it's like it, it's. You know, that's exactly what you nailed on the head. When you're hanging out with, with competition guys and they go to your house or you go hang out at their place, it's like, it's like, who's got the bigger cock? You know, well, I got this and I got that and, you know, I use Wagyu and, yeah, dude, you're running one fucking brisket, yeah. two slabs of ribs and, like, a, ch- a chicken. Yeah, not, like, 30 or 40 fucking briskets trying to rotate them and make sure they come out all perfect. The barbecue community that I'm in now, I love those guys in competition, but the community that I'm in now, it's like they feel your pain. You understand what I'm saying? They know you throw in some long hours. They know you got to deal with the weather. Yeah. And you got to roll the dice every fucking day and hold your breath to you sell out or get really close to it because you got a lot of food and a lot of money in there. And so they feel you. And I get it's cool to get calls or emails or messages from guys like, hey, dude, I'm having a situation that something going on with my brisket or there's something going on, you know, how's it, you know, and you talk to them about it and they're cool. We're not in competition. We're all, we're, we're more trying to lift each other up and trying to survive. And then, then trying to sink them on the ground and, and drown them. You know what I mean? Well, and we all like, it's just funny because I was sitting around with a bunch of barbecue guys, uh, last week, last weekend, two weekends ago, something. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like kind of on a break. Everyone was sitting down and then everyone got up and it was just like, Ugh! yeah, <laughs> everyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like groaning. Yeah. That's how you know everyone's yeah. working hard. Yeah. They're like, oh, I sat down too long. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I actually, it was the last time I actually really got to hang out was when we were hanging out making that cabeza. Yeah. The you cabeza, remember? And then you make those and wings Brian's. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. It was all camaraderie. We're all hanging out. We're all cool cats. You know, we want to talk about work, but we don't want to talk about exactly. work and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I like it. And that's the one thing that sucks is that I want to go visit so many guys, but we're all open at the same times and we're all closed at the same times. So it's like, man, it sucks. But, you know, um, it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm looking at you know way before the pandemic I was doing these kind of like meat man meetups, mm-hmm. uh, which were pretty fun. So I'm gonna try to put those together again. Just yeah. find a place like on a Monday or sometime yeah. when when people can all kind of get together. Yeah, man. 
uh, because I think it's important. Now, do you see, you mentioned old school. Do you see a lot of people kind of asking for the lean? Have you had, I know back in the day, day, people would ask you to like actually take the bark off. Do you get like real old timers like that out oh, here? Oh, yeah. Or? I get a lot of people here. Prime example, yesterday, this lady came in and said, let me have 10 pounds of lean. And I need a super lean. I'm like, fuck, that's like five briskets. You know what I mean? And, I'll, you know, the rest of, you know, some guys don't care. The guys don't care. They like the fatty stuff. But and the lady's like, make sure there's no fat on there. Make sure there's no fat on there. I'm like, God, this is all the good stuff, man. Yeah. And, you know, and she'll buy it. They'll buy it. And then, you know, that's why I always hear I've learned. When I cut the brisket, I got you know, the flat. I'll take the first three inches and cut it off, and I'll put it aside because I got a lot of ladies in here that ask for a sliced brisket sandwich, super lean. So I always have it because Do you even take the little fat cap off of it. Or? Well, oh, I, oh, my trimming skills are pretty good too. There's about an eighth inch thick of okay. fat, and I ask, "Is that okay?" She goes, "Okay, I can live with that." But then there's some ladies that are like, "No," you know. So, um, but I always take. I've, I've, I've always learned because I learned my lesson. Because what happens is, is that if I if I go and cut that for someone else, I end up having a bunch of open briskets sitting in there because they wanted the first, you know, super lean. So now I cut the first three inches off and put it aside, put it aside because those ladies love that. And I'll sell about 13 or 14 of those right off the bat today. Like today, I'll sell it. And it's, they want that super lean sandwich. And I'll cut it real, real, real thin, like deli style, just because they like it spread out. And just a little tad of barbecue sauce and just locals. That's the old school barbecue. You know, and uh, then I got the older guys. They're like, hey, let me have some of that fat in the corner. You know, let me have that burn in right there. But, uh, yeah, you get to know your customers. And you, and especially in the small town, names is just as good as gold. How you doing, Tom? Or how you doing, Mrs. Keller? Like, oh, how you doing, Ernest? <laughs> it's old school. And they like it. And then guess what happens? They come back and come back. Because it's all about customer service. And ask my ladies here. If you look at any of our Google reviews and our, our Yelp reviews, they say, I haven't been to a place that has that kind of customer service. It's, and it's because we're a small town and we're all about customer service here. Customer service is king. Your barbecue speaks for itself, but if you can get into a cool atmosphere and you're respectful to the elders and you have great customer service, it goes a long ways. It's just old traditions, man. So I think that's a dying art. If you want to know what a dying art is, it's called customer service. Yeah. You know, there's no interactions anymore with the customers and especially pandemic didn't help. But the interaction with you know your customers and getting to know them while you're cutting their meats and stuff like that is going away it's more like hey what do you need can i help you okay that'd be yeah. 35 bucks okay next okay next okay next instead of saying hey how's it going you know and they tell them tell you how your day's going or you could tell when you they're having court because the attorneys and the judges come out here stressed out you know they you know they kind of uh do that but i think customer service is king that a lot of people aren't doing anymore well and and that's what i love about uh making this show has been so fun because it's it's the people listening the feedback my customers or mm -hmm. listeners have steered me in more of a way where when i have these conversations we talk more shop mm -hmm. than we you we talk more like we're talking to restaurants right. than really we're talking to people who like barbecue but but everyone can enjoy the conversation but i've really realized that pit rooms you know kitchens they're playing this stuff in there and they want to hear right. what you have to say because you're doing something incredible and they want to find a way to listen to their customers to make their business that much better to be as cool as burnt bean right yeah i hear yours on the truck all the time yeah. <laughs> on the road trips and stuff like that um actually they're still stuck on my podcast like you can i'll, I'll pull them up and like i'll hear like 
Armin Van Buren or someone else, and then Esau Wolves will always, always come up or uh, Cades too and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, man, uh, I think that's one thing, and that's awesome that you do is listen to your viewers yeah. or listen to your customers because it'll go a long way. That's why I have mustard sauce on the tables. The biggest thing with Seguin was where do they go for barbecue? Yeah, they went to Davidos, but most 70% went to where? Luling. And what's their, their number one thing? It's that yellow sauce. Like, Ernest, we love your barbecue, but can you kind of make that mustard-based sauce? For three fucking months, man. Me and my partner going back and forth ordering a quarter of that shit or a pint of that shit in like two links. Some excuse to get it so we can taste it because we'd make a batch and we taste it and compare it. Ah, we, you know, tweet, tweet, tweet until we got something really good. But, you know, that's, I listened. And that's all they wanted. They're like, hey, you made it. And they're like, wow, he actually listens. Yes, of course I'll listen, man. But, um, yeah, man, we're all about customer service here, man. Well, and do you feel like, you know, uh, as we were talking, someone came in and yelled good morning, like everyone's got a smile on their face. Oh, yeah, the, man. The, the staff, treating the staff well, mm -hmm. obviously you treat your staff amazingly because yeah. they're so happy to be here. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, and, and it's, it's fun. We have a, how do I put it? I worked in corporate forever, and it's like, you know, it's like a cattle you know, feeding cattle type of thing. It's like everybody's miserable. Yeah. You know, it's all about numbers, numbers, numbers. Here we have fun. I get them excited. I do team huddles and I give them quotes and I get them inspired. And I tell them in each, every single one has a purpose in my place. You're not just here because, you know, I want you to boon out beans. You're important just as much as my cashier, just as much as my baker, just as much as my dishwashers. And they feel like that. You actually give a shit about them. You ask them how their day was. How's their kid? You know, how's little Jimmy doing in baseball? And they're actually, man, my boss actually cares. I give out $100 bonuses, you know, things like that. You know, I go and the other day for Mother's Day, I bought all the ladies like a $300 package, Mother's Day package. It came, included nails, uh, pedicure, that, soaps. And they're like, wow, I didn't even get anything from my family. All out and, here? Yeah, just right here. My ladies right here. No, I mean, uh, like, is there like a spa and stuff out oh, here? Oh, yeah, yeah there's, they, yeah, there's little things here, like pedicure places, and it's really good. There's a really good one, supposedly. That's where I went. But anyways, and, and you got to make them feel special. You're making money, but if you reinvest in your employees, they'll stay committed because then they'll take pride in everything you do because it, not only are they representing them, but they, they, they get excited to see lines. They know that they're important just as much when we have lines. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the one thing that they see is like, they're like, man, I'm wanted here. And that's why they're, oh, it's always in a good mood. Everybody's in a good mood. Well, and it, it's their morale shouldn't be reliant you know you go to some place mm -hmm. and you're talking to someone at heb and they're like oh it's so busy i'm exhausted i hate right. this and then but then that same person oh it's so slow i'm bored you know right. what i mean right and, and they're on their phones or yeah. things like that and and that's the one thing with them is that they they have to dig in deep because we're on a wait and we don't stop until we're sold out and then on sundays we open up at eight so they got here at seven so we're on the, we're on we're cutting from seven in the morning till three o'clock non-stop Hell yeah. And, and uh, you know, they have to dig in deep. Like, we got the Red Bulls going, and what we'll do is halfway through, we'll, we'll call it, we call it switching. I'll get my crew that's on that side, and they'll switch over here and give those guys, like, a 45-minute break just to, like, and I'm still cutting because, I you know, I don't care. Yeah. But, You're a monster, uh, <laughs> bro. But, yeah, these guys are like, thanks, trade. You know, but it, they, they, they know we care, and that's that's what it's all about, man. Uh, but, yeah, but beyond that, you've also you got the goods. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, we, we've we've really focused on that me and dave um and we're not doing anything crazy we're just trying to make it fucking epic man 
I want to kick you in the teeth with my barbecue. Hell yeah. You well, know? tell us a little bit about your partner, Super Dave. Uh, so Super Dave, uh, long story short, him and I have been barbecue buddies since the competition days. He used to have a, a local competition team with his brother. It is what it is, and uh, they always used to compete against me. And, um, uh, you know, they, him and I clicked, and he, you know, hey, can you help me out? And I'd help him out. And every time I give fucking recipes to people, they'd always tweak it or not do it my way. So I was never, he used to do it exactly what I told him. And he kicked my ass. And I was like, how? And he's like, well, you did what you told me. So um, he would go, he would get to the point wherever I travel for the big cook-offs, he would go with me as my right-hand person. And we just clicked. We, we are total opposites, like total fucking opposites, dude. But we just worked together good. And uh, when we started doing pop-ups, he's like, I was telling him my vision that I was going to open a barbecue joint. And he's like, I want to be in. I'm like, all right. I was like, dude, I can't pay you. He's like, I don't care. I won't. He, and I didn't, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't pay each other for a whole year, man. Like, we did it for free. We did everything we got in profit. We'd buy equipment. It was like the little things. And, and I said, yeah. And so, um, you know, he came in and he listened to exactly what I wanted him to do. And he did everything exactly that I can trust him. He knows all my secrets. And he does exactly the food that's coming out. Once in a while, he'll come and tell me, dude, do something's up. Or dude, something's off when I'm on the line, you know, cutting. But once I'm off the line, I'll go back to the pits and start running them too. But he does exactly. And, and Super Dave's a bad, he's a, he's a, He's the unsung hero. He doesn't like the line life. Like, he's not on this fucking interview. He doesn't right, like this yeah. shit. No, he doesn't like, ask him. We, we got like, a mic for you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. he was like, what did I tell you when I came in here? And he goes, you're the fucking star. I'm in the background. I don't like that shit. I told you. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> and, you know, what was it the other day? Who came and interviewed us? Oh, I forgot who interviewed us. And he was pissed because he didn't want to get on. Yeah. You know, he's like, man. I. And then he made some excuses like, oh, I got to go check the pits. And he never came back. So it was, oh, Brian from Tales from the Pit. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And, and he was like. I told you I don't want to be on that shit. I'm like, all right, all right. So, you know, he doesn't mind like a photographer going over there and taking pictures, but interviews like this, he's like, dude, that's all you. He goes, at the end of the day, it's you, man. I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. Well, I want. I knew I was here to interview you, but I thought it'd be nice and yeah, I was bringing an extra mic. Yeah, you know, yeah. just he, he told me straight up when you showed because I told him you're coming. He's like, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna be on in that interview. I'm like, all right. He goes, just give me a shout out. I'm like, all right, dude, I got you. Big shout out to yeah, Super Dave. Yeah, Super Dave. That's P R D A V mm-hmm. on yeah Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. I think there's a one maybe at the end. I think so. Uh, well, yeah. So we've been talking a lot of shop. We've been talking about this amazing space. We talked about your food. Uh, you know, and the, the big question I ask everyone is, what do you say to people that want to create Epic Barbecue, whether they're in the backyard or, or working on their first restaurant? The best advice I can give is if you like a life, if you love your family, if you love your health, if you love weekends off, if you love holidays, if you love <laughs> having clean hands, if you like to have <laughs> clean clothes, if you if you like to smell good, then don't fucking do it. Like literally, I tell people all the time, it's it all you see all these dog and you see all these guys and and they're like, man, I'm gonna be like you know you know Aaron Franklin. I'm like, dude, do you understand the work it gets to? <laughs> I you know I'll tell you one thing. The one thing that no one told me about, and I don't know why they didn't, you know, talk to every fucking pit master you can think of in the barbecue industry. They're going to do like long hours, you know, blah, blah. No one told me you're going to be alone a lot. No one fucking told me that. I knew I was going to put in long hours. I knew I was going to work a lot. I knew that it was going to be stressful. But no one told me how lonely you're going to be. I'm alone 85% of the day. And because Dave leaves too. You know, I've been here since 2. No one gets here till 738 and then they're here from 7.38 to 3. And then I'm alone again for the rest of the day. And it's kind of scary because I'm lonely. Like, 
it's not sad, lonely, depressing. It's just, it has a lot of time to think. And then you start talking to yourself. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. kind of fun. But no one told me we're going to be fucking lonely, dude. You know, it's like, and now I know what old people feel like in nursing homes. They have family comes and visit, but the fucking rest of the time you're by yourself and you're not doing anything. Same thing here. I'm prepping, working, but I'm by myself a lot. Like, even, like, I got no visitors. So it's kind of cool to see people here, but at the end of the day, it's a very, very lonely profession. And if you want to do that shit, go for it, man. But there's a lot of guys you can hit up that are all up that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, everybody's texting everybody. But, I mean, in general, you're just by yourself, man. A lot of people never fucking tell you that. So I'm telling you right now, for the first time on this show, that you're going to be fucking lonely. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, you're lonely. And if you think about it, those guys, all those pictures, like the ones, the epic pictures that Lerma takes of these guys in the middle of the night, you're fucking by yourself. Yeah. You know, you know Clay and, and, and Tootsie and, and those guys, well, they, they got a couple, they got like three, so they're talking. But if you take away, you know, like Leonard out there when he was doing it by himself, you're by yourself. I never fucking realized it on those pictures. If you take away Lerma, who's with him? Nobody except social media, you know, but you're by yourself a lot, dude. That's one thing you, a lot of people don't know about. You're alone a lot. But don't you think that adds to kind of that meditativeness? Oh, that's the best thing in the world. I think, like, uh, things, situation that happened yesterday or what we need to take care of. We got caterings coming up. Or I've been thinking of a lot of cool menu ideas. You know, that's the best time because it's like time by yourself. Yeah. I love, I love to, I take a break at 530 to make breakfast. And for those 30 minutes, it's the best part because, you know, I sit down, eat my little egg or whatever I fucking make that day. And it's, um, it's like peaceful. Yeah. Because then when the chaos hits, it's crazy. So it's like peaceful. Sometimes it gets a little lonely, you know? Well, but All that's what. by myself. <laughs> uh, but don't you think, uh, I just, I, I love that meditative part. I love I the part where it's like, oh, I'm, uh, because that's, you know, history has shown whatever it is, you know, uh. Newton under a tree mm. uh, was it Aristotle or one of those guys that figured out volume laying in the bathtub like so many people you know like Einstein talks about taking showers you know and keeping a notebook even by your shower and like those moments where I have a I have a reminder on my phone that just says get bored because you realize when you just sit quietly mm. once the crap gets out of your head once the like all the the, the fluff is gone yeah. you really that's where you grind. That's where your brain goes into supercomputer mode and right. says, oh, "Okay, we got nothing better to do. Let's right. just let's just plan. Let's just think. Let's just make new menu up items." With the, the famous Weber's Rancheros, dude, sitting here. I say, like, I saw something. I'm like, man, I will bet you this sounds good. So I start working on that. But yeah, a lot of people never. No one ever fucking told me that I was going to be lonely. But I like it. But sometimes it gets a little over, you know, rated. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. a while the phone call, well, text me. You know, that's a part of part of my plan for, you know, I've I was I got a little ahead before COVID. And then during COVID, I was getting some interviews done. But, you know, everyone's slammed. Everyone's working hard. So I've 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 let a gap open up. But when I come back with this and some of the interviews I've been doing, I'm excited to really hit it and to be back out here and to be, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, selling merch. And I've got some new sponsors and I'm going to be more free. Yeah. To just show up here at four or five in the morning, do some Lerma yeah, style hangout. Come yeah. over here and hang out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's really important because, you know, what you're talking about is unique to a lot of things. And there's, we're all lonely. 
whether or not we're quarantined, there's people still quarantining. There's people in Austin that I've talked to that, you know, they barely leave the house for groceries. And it's like the loneliness, the it's not easy for everyone to be with their thoughts. So it's important to, you know, as a reminder, reach out to your people and Mm -hmm. say what's up, because you never know if someone's just Mm -hmm. just needs that. Like, oh, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, you can feel the vibe and the energy. Yeah, we're all that. We're all close. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, you're right. Um, But yeah, man. So, we've spent about an hour talking. You probably need to get ready to prep. I, I do. I, I see mm-hmm. the, I see the the clock ticking. Is are people lining up behind me? I haven't. Uh, you got me. you got a, yeah, maybe one or two in the line. They nice. won't start showing up for another ten more minutes. Nice. That's good. Small yeah. town. Everyone shows up thirty minutes before. Yeah. That's it, lucky. It, it's cool. It's funny because uh, Fridays are a little bit slower than Thursdays. Thursdays the lines down the block. I'm like, why on a Thursday? But it is what it is. But um, yeah, we'll have a, we'll be steady all day today. It's, a, it's steady. I'd rather have steady than, than all at once. Well, Ernest, captain of the brisket cartel, what do you call it? The capo. The capo. <laughs> El capo de brisket capo. cartel. Thank you. Thank you for creating this. Thanks for putting so much yeah, work thanks. into the space because it's just, it's beautiful and I can't wait to share this with more people. Right on. Thanks for coming. It's really an honor to have you here. I'm like, holy shit, he's here. Yeah. I appreciate it, and dude. No problem, brother. And uh, I'll be back soon, I'm sure. Okay, cool. All right, thanks. Uh-huh. Hey, they call me the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. Hit on the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster. I was born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a muscle greener, showing the hell that like a meat. I'm the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now.